Hello, listeners. This is the Labor Know Your Rights podcast. I'm your host, Dave. This podcast is brought to you by the National League of Justice and Security Professionals. Using your union legal right to acquire information from the employer can help you defend your rights and win grievances and arbitration. This is a right that was established by the National Labor Relations Act. Unfortunately, many members don't know about this right, and many union representatives don't use it unless members specifically ask them to. This article outlines some of the basics of the right to information and how to use it. You will need more detailed information to effectively put this into practice. You can order two books from the a union may request information to monitor the employer's clients with the contract investigate whether a grievance exists prepare for a grievance meeting decide whether to drop or prioritize a grievance prepare for an arbitration hearing what can you request the obligation of an employer to provide information is extremely broad It includes relevant documents, data, and facts. Information is considered relevant if it might be useful to the union or could lead to the identification of useful information. Information requests can be quite general. For example, employers must respond to broad inquiries such as, Please supply all documents or records which refer to or reflect the factors causing you to reject this grievance. Please supply all factual basis for the company's decision, or please provide all documents, reports, and other evidence utilized in making the decision to discipline the employee. Management may complain that such information requests are phishing expeditions, but this language has been upheld by the NLRB, which has ordered employers to comply. These kinds of requests can be extremely useful in nailing down management's grievance procedures are at arbitration. If management refuses to provide information or unreasonably delays, violate Section 8A5 of the National Labor Relations Act. The union can file an unfair labor practices charge with the NLRB if the company refuses to cooperate with an information request. Only shop stewards and union officers can request information from the company. Although shop stewards can request information, if an employer is intent on blocking the request or stalling, the backing of a union officer can be crucial to winning an NLRB charge. So whenever possible, it is best to get your union officers on board with an information request. Many union officers aggressively use information requests as a tactic to win grievances that your union officers might not be eager to request the information, ask them to request information from the company and explain specifically in writing what information you would like them to request. The union may challenge certain rules or their application. We may argue that a member is being disciplined without just cause or he or she is suffering from disparate treatment, simply stated that they are being treated unfairly. Always go with a contract violation first. When you are approached by a member with a grievance, your job starts immediately. You will need to interview the member to see 
if the issue is something that is grievable or not. The issue may not be a, a grievable issue, in which case you need to be honest and tell the member so. But your job as a steward does not end there. You need to think of another way to solve the issue. You may be able to solve the issue by a meeting between the supervisor, the member, and yourself. When you are approached by a member with a grievance, your job starts immediately. You will need to interview the member to see if the issue is something that is grievable or not. If it is a grievable issue, you should investigate the problem further. At this point, you need to find out exactly what happened. Just like a journalist investigating a story, you must ask 5W, who is involved? Give the names of the workers, titles, seniority, and employee numbers. Get as much information as you can. When did the incident occur? Make sure to get dates and times as accurate as you can. What happened or didn't happen? What did the workers do or not do? What did the workers say? What did management do or not do? What did the management say? What has happened in the past when this issue occurred? Where did the incident take place? Be as accurate as possible. Why did the incident occur? This may be different from each person interviewed. Take each statement as given and then sift through it later to try to determine the facts. Remember, you bought that notepad for a reason. This is one time you really need to have that notepad. You will never remember every detail given to you in an interview. You never know what little detail may become a big factor down the road. Your union may have supplied you with a grievance investigation form. If so, this is the time to use it. These can be used as a record for the union to ensure that the issue or discipline is fair for everyone. It also is a record of what happened while the issue was fresh in members' and witnesses' minds, thus preserving the incident in case further action in the grievance process occurs. As the interviewer, you must practice good listening skills. You need to focus on the interviewee. Take notes, get as much as you can down. Nod your head to show you are listening to them. Do not interrupt the interviewee. You take notes to clarify any confusion later. When the person is done, read over your notes. Clarify any confusing or misleading statements up. Get as many facts as you can. It is okay if they give their opinion. Just make sure that it is clear to any future readers what is fact and what is opinion. If you need to, Ask them to give more details. Remember, listening is not always about what is said, but sometimes what is not said. Pay attention to body language. Don't judge what is being said. Don't take sides. You are here to get information at this moment, not to determine who is right or wrong. That will come later. Sometimes reflective listening is important, so use it as a tool. Reflective listening is putting what they said in your own words and asking them if that is what they are saying. Ask them what they would like to see the resolution to the issue to be. Make sure that they understand that you can make them no promises to what the resolution will be. After the interview with the persons with the issue, make sure that you let them know you will be in touch with them to follow up and let them know what is going on with the grievance, and make sure you do.
After you have conducted all the interviews, you need to think about how this issue can be resolved. If the persons have suggested a resolution, you need to look at how it will affect the union membership as a whole. Now that you have done this work, you need to let the other stewards or representatives know what is going on. They need to be informed, especially if several members are involved, so that they don't start working on the same issue as you are. This is even true on issues that are not grievable. You don't want the member going to other stewards in the hopes that one of them will start a grievance that should not be started. Let's discuss what to do if the member does not have a grievable issue. You must be honest with the member and tell him that it is not grievable. Do not give the impression that you can achieve something with this grievance procedure that it is not designed to do. Filing a grievance that is not a grievable issue will destroy, make you lose credibility with management. You will also lose or destroy your credibility with the member when the grievance is lost. To resolve a grievance issue, you need the cooperation of both sides. You should explain to the member the reasons that the issue is not grievable. Be sympathetic to the member's problems and explain the process of the grievance, process of grievances to them. Some members may become belligerent when given this bad news. If so, remain professional and in the meeting. You should always take good notes whenever you are conducting union business. This is especially true even if there is no grievance. Having to tell a member that an issue is not grievable is difficult but necessary. You will not win every grievance you file. No one expects you to, not even the members. All they are really asking you to do is give them a fair shake. If you do your job to your best ability and with credibility in a fair and professional manner, you will earn the respect of your fellow members. If you do the following, you will have a good lead on grievances. Get to know the members you are a steward for what their job is, but also get to know them by name, situation, even a little about their family. Encourage them to submit all grievances to their representatives in a timely manner. If an issue is not grievable, explain to them, member, why it is not grievable. They will appreciate the time you spend explaining it and better understand the process. Let them know that the other stewards will say that it is not grievable and repeat why if need be. Make sure you do not make any promises you cannot keep. You will lose all credibility if you do. Separate any personal vendettas from real grievance issues. Plan and prepare your grievance for every step of the process. Try to settle the grievance as early on in the process as you can and as quickly as you can. Let the member know that he should not discuss the grievance with management. Make sure your members know that they should not process their own grievances or settle privately with management. This ensures that the contract is maintained and all members' interests are looked after. You don't have to have a grievance to file a grievance. But if you do and they don't want to file one, make sure you ask them why. Now that you have completed the interview and decide that there is a grievance, the job is not over. Most contracts provide for the steward or union representative from the union to write the grievance on behalf of the member. This allows the union to better track the issue and control the grievance procedure. The member is better represented in the process because of the experience of the steward or representative. 
The grievance form is the first step of the process. Meeting with the member and his supervisor, your goal is to resolve the issue as early as possible. Take a notepad with you. Take notes of each participant's statements. If you are unable to settle the issue, let the supervisor know that you will need a verbal response by the second working day after the grievance was presented. If the grievance is denied, complete the grievance form. Be sure to include the company's response and turn it into the local president with a copy of the investigation form and note or the regional steward if you don't have a local. The local president or regional director will proceed to submit a second step grievance motion to the company. Usually this must be done within 10 working days or within the allowed time in the contract. The grievance will be considered settled in favor of the company if it is not submitted timely. The grievance should contain the basic information, just enough to identify the grievance so that management can understand the problem, what violations have occurred, and how the problem should be fixed. A grievance notice should be brief. You are not obligated to disclose the results of your investigation. State the union's position. A grievance is a statement of an injustice so you need to include a remedy, but do not limit it. You should word the remedy so that it is not limited. Use the phrases, the grievance should be made whole in every way, including, etc., and ask for what you want. Do not leave it at just the above statement, but include specific remedies that you want met. So you have investigated the grievance, interviewing everyone involved, and met with the supervisor. The grievance was denied and you have passed the information on to the other stewards. You have passed on the grievance documents to the local. What do you do when the member comes to you and asks why the grievance has not been resolved? You wonder that yourself at times. But being familiar with the procedure, you know that it starts with the member and the steward and should end there. And if you can resolve it before step two and three, all the better. Here's why. Members who see results and results in a quick manner cease an effective union. As the old saying goes, justice delayed is justice denied. By resolving the issue early, you build a good relationship with the supervisors you have to deal with. It also can build confidence in solving other issues in the future. If a grievance is put in written form, it can force both sides to become inflexible. Finally, grievances can be costly to both the union and the company. Does that mean we shouldn't file grievances? Absolutely not. We need to treat every issue as if it will go to arbitration. But if you can work with the company to resolve issues fairly and quickly, we all win. We cannot stress enough how important it is to write everything down, not just in an interview, but in grievances, informal meetings, and union meetings. No one's memory is perfect, and in arbitration and grievances, your memory may be brought into question, but your notes cannot be questioned. At the end of any meeting that results in a resolution of the problem, make sure that you get the resolution in writing. This prevents any misinterpretations of the resolution by either party down the road. When you get to the point of meeting with the company for a grievance, you will be presenting the union case. You should have prepared for this beforehand. You should have all the facts in writing, have organized all your notes, prepared your grievance and any witnesses, and thought out the company's arguments. If you need to discuss any issues regarding the grievance or resolution with the grievance, other stewards or union officers, you should do this away from any management. 
it is perfectly fine to take a short recess. You can do this if the grievant or any witnesses is damaging the case. Take the time to let the person calm down. Stick to the issue or issues. If management wants to discuss other issues, firmly but politely offer to set up a meeting at another time to discuss those issues. Listen to the company's issues and try to look for resolutions. Use your listening skills discussed earlier for the real issues and resolutions. Listen to the company's issues and try to look for solutions. Use your listening skills discussed earlier for the real issue and solutions. You can disagree with them and still be professional. The advantage will go to the side that remains calm. Don't be goaded into anger. This is a tactic that a company will use especially if they know they are wrong. Be prepared to settle the grievance as soon as you can if a reasonable solution is offered. If a postponement is reasonable, allow it. But if it's just a stall tactic, then you should deny any delay. In a disciplinary case, it is up to the supervisor to prove his case. Let him show that the action he is taking is the correct one. Attempt to show where he or she is wrong and why. Do not bluff about anything. If you do not follow through on your bluff, the company will never believe any future statements of action that you will take. It will also only be a matter of time before your bluff is called. Advise agreement not to bluff either. A common bluff for agreement is that the company will be hearing from his or her attorney. A tactical retreat is sometimes in order when you have been proven wrong, but never retreat until you have been clearly proven wrong. Now that you have a good idea what to do in a grievance meeting, we must tackle the issue of witnesses. The investigation you have done, the documentation you have prepared, can only help you win a grievance. A witness can destroy all that work if you have not done your work with the witness. You should know what your witnesses will say when questioned. You can only do that if you have spent time with them going over what happened, questioning them as you will in the meeting and preparing them to answer questions that the company is likely to ask them. This practice session of questions is not designed to put words in their mouth. Always tell them to simply tell the truth. This session has the purpose of getting them comfortable with answering questions and to help you think through your case. Remind your witness to answer the questions in brief statements and not to argue. That they should not be evasive, but if they don't know the answer to a question, it is perfectly acceptable to say so. That an answer of I don't know or I don't recall is an answer. They should use confident sounding words when they know the answer, and therefore should avoid starting answers with I remember, I think, I believe. Remind the witnesses that they should remain calm during cross-examination. If you need to take a recess to keep a witness calm, it is better to do so than let them get too upset. If a witness becomes emotional, they may become careless, confused, or argumentative, and lose credibility. When you prepare a witness, be as thorough as possible. Take them through the process step by step. Describe the room and the process to them. Make sure your witness knows to admit, if asked, that they have spoken to you ahead of time. Make sure that they know your expectations of them. They will tell the truth and that preparing them for testimony is just part of the process.
to wrap this one up, I'd like to thank our sponsor, the National League of Justice and Security Professionals, where the members come first. 